Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to WTIC's Pet Talk. Today, Lori Fast takes your pet behavior questions. This is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC, 1-800-966-WTIC, or star WTIC from your cell phone if you have AT&T Wireless. And now, Pet Talk. Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of Pet Talk. You're listening to the Behavior Edition. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here live in the studio. So that means if you'd like to call in, you are welcome to do so, and we can take your call. The numbers are eight. Well, there's just one number now. It's 860-522-WTIC. That's 860-522-WTIC. And uh, as I was coming into the studio today, I was speaking with our producer, Kevin, and telling him that I'm pretty tired. And so if I start talking a bunch of babbling nonsense, he should just cut me off and go to a break. Hopefully that won't happen. But um, I uh, am dealing with uh, some pretty serious health issues with my pets. Um, And I have currently four dogs and one cat. Uh, In my life, I have had as many as eight dogs and six cats at one time. So, you know, that's a little crazy. But a lot of people think four dogs and one cat is pretty crazy. And I'm not saying it's not. But when everything goes well and everybody gets along and everybody's healthy, then it can be fun. But two of my dogs are older. One is 14. One is 13. Uh, The third youngest is nine. And this year in May, my nine-year-old had a a major cancer surgery, but it was the type of tumor that was 95% cure, cure rate, get it out of there, remove the margins, and you're good to go. And um, when he had the surgery, it, you know, it was a pretty big chunk coming out of the side of his chest. And Honestly, you wouldn't think necessarily that I'm like this, but I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of squeamish. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a very good vet tech or a veterinarian because I look at these things and, and I almost start to feel like I, there's something wrong with me looking at the animal that's, you know, in, in some kind of physical distress. I see a big gaping wound. I see oozing of any kind or blood. It's just there. But in any case, with Herman, he's the nine-year-old that had this particular surgery, um, the first day he came home from this, he was pretty much of a mess. And I pretty much had to sleep next to him on the floor because he wasn't allowed to go up and down stairs. Uh, But 
in his case, it was a very happy ending, and uh, he is doing great now. He's running around. He's healthy, happy. All his fur grow back. Everything's great. But my oldest 14-year-old dog just had a diagnosis of a different type of cancer that's in his mouth, and uh, he's had a history of dental problems. So, you know, he goes in for teeth cleaning, and almost always it's going to involve some sort of an extraction. And uh, he just ha- he's just had horrible teeth. It's just, you know, kind of like greyhounds have horrible teeth. Some dogs just have bad teeth. And this last time, there was just something more going on. And it turned out that he has a growth, a cancerous growth in his mouth. And um, the prognosis for this one is not so good. Um, I'm being told that uh, anything that's removed is most likely to grow back. Uh, I brought him to somebody who specializes in uh, surgical oncology who did the surgery on Herman, did a great job. Uh, He's currently running a biopsy on this, but, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not feeling really positive about this. And, uh, you know, he's he's eating. His energy is good. But um, I, I am very much on the fence of exactly what I'm going to do. I need to I haven't heard all my options yet, but I don't think whatever whatever they are is not really hopeful. I don't think there's a lot of intervention that's Certainly, it's not going to – I hear nothing that says it's going to be curative. um, And these other interventions, whether it be radiation, chemotherapy, surgery, are those things going to really prolong his life or just make him uncomfortable and prolong his life slightly or not at all? I really don't know. Um, I'm a big advocate of doing all sorts of alternative things, which he is getting now. So I'm not going to go through the whole list, but one of the things that I use – for this type of thing is turkey tail mushroom. Uh, that's good for humans too. And a lot of things that are good for dogs are good for humans. Um, and he's on a few other things too. And as I say, he's happy, he's comfortable, he's eating. Uh, he favors one side of his mouth, but he's had a history of having dental issues where he, where he has had to do that. So he seems okay with doing it. Uh, you know, it's um, he, he's still in the okay mode, but it's uh, very just emotionally draining. And then my my second youngest dog, who's 13, um, has cardiac problems. And now she's just also developed having seizure disorders. So um, between all of that, it's just, you know, every time anybody twitches or moves, I have to jump up, see if they're okay, give them whatever medicine or Um, alternative stuff they're getting, get them out more frequently, be ready to take care of them. And I'm I'm a worrier. I'm not going to lie here. You know, there's certain things that I can be very tough about. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, it just, you know, I I really don't take it that well, to be honest with you. Um, And, uh, you know, I've, I've had over the years, very sick animals that I've cared for, cleaned wounds, carried around, uh, done everything that could possibly be done. Uh, I've also taken in animals that were not weaned, that needed to be hand-fed. So, you know, I'm, I'm good at doing this, but that doesn't mean I'm emotionally good at doing this. And um, it just sort of kind of brings me to another kind of topic, which is, it's really kind of the same topic, but there's, on my website, you can go to a link to um, Out to Pasture Farm and Rescue, and uh, there's a woman who basically takes in animals that are terminally ill, um, paralyzed, handicapped in some kind of way, 
pretty much unadoptable. And I'm not saying that animals with handicaps don't get adopted, but they certainly have less of a chance of being adopted. And that's, this is what she does. She, she has a huge number of animals, but she has several acres. She has a big house. This was her dream. She used to be a groomer, um, and she retired from that many – well, I think it was maybe in 2001. And she's been doing this ever since. And from the moment she wakes up until the moment she goes to sleep, she's taking care of somebody. And over the years, um, I have previously when she was a groomer, I used her as a groomer and she'd get mad at me because she thought I was letting my dog get too matted up. And she was probably right. But anyway, so, you know, I'm friendly with her. She's you know, we don't really chit chat. She's much too busy for that. But I have on occasion called her to talk to her about pets that I have had that um, were failing and had issues. And she's often had some very good insights into uh, this is how you this is how you do this. If an animal's having trouble urinating, you might need to do this. Uh, this is what's a good care protocol. This is not a good care protocol. And when it comes right down to it, uh, you know, if you go on her website, you can listen to um, some interviews with her. And one of the things that uh, she talks about is that she gives all the love and care to these animals as best she can. But at some point, you know, you're going to reach the end of the line. And that is not something that as many times as I've done that, because I've had a lot of pets over the years, I Still, I'm not comfortable with it. And, you know, they say, well, you're going to know when it's time. There's a part of me that doesn't ever really know. I don't think there's ever been a time where as logical and as clear as it might be that, yes, you know, this animal is suffering. There's nothing more that can be done. Keeping this pet alive at this point is just selfish. Um, there's still always a part of me that feels like I'm doing something wrong. And, um, you know, I've had animals that have passed away peacefully at home uh, and no intervention from me. And if I had a choice, that would be what I would choose for all of my pets. But it doesn't always come down to that. Sometimes they're still alive, uh, but they're so uncomfortable. They just can't go on like that. And, you know, I'm dreading that fate with my two older pets who are ailing and just taking care of them when they're sick is very, very difficult. Um, and, you know, I know people who have pets and have lost pets. They know exactly how I'm feeling. I've gone through the same thing. Uh, some people will care for animals who are sickly for much longer. I'm one of those, you know, as long as I think an animal is eating and happy and sniffing the air and enjoying life on any level, I'll go to whatever measures necessary to keep them alive. Um, I had a conversation with somebody many years ago who said that his animal was diagnosed with an incurable cancer and he chose to have his animal euthanized before his animal showed any sign of discomfort. Um, because he never wanted his animal to suffer for one minute. And, you know, I mean, I can understand that. I'm, I'm not the person that's going to go there. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to uh, speak on that subject a little bit because I know it's, it's a difficult subject. It's difficult for me. And it puts – and I know a lot of people that I've spoken to who have had end-of-life or illness issues with their pets um, have talked to me for support both after their animal has passed – and then also uh, in the process of making the decision of is it in the best 
interest of the pet to keep them alive, to do this, that, or the other thing? Or um, are we just being selfish and, and unrealistic? So anyway, um, like I said, that's something that I'm going through. I know a lot of you have gone through it too. Uh, and I just wanted to touch on that um, before I continue on with the show today. So that's about all I'm going to talk about for that topic. But I think we're going to go to a break and we'll be right back. Dog is a friend who waits for you, plays with you, stays with you. A dog is a friend who won't let you down. People leave, but dogs stick around. All my life, I prayed for someone that perfect love that never comes. All my nights, I'd end up alone. A four-legged stranger came and walked me home. The dog is a friend. And welcome back to Pet Talk on WTIC. You're listening to the Behavior Edition with Lori Fast today. Next week will be the Veterinary Edition, and Dr. Dennis will be on. If you have veterinary questions, you can call in next week. And then the following week, which I believe is going to be the 26th, I'll be back on the air again. So if you want to call in, I'm here. This is not a repeat show. This is not a pre-recorded show. It is live, and you are very welcome to call in. And the number to call in is 860-522-WTIC, 860-522-WTIC. And I always invite people who don't want to call in or want to contact me later because they didn't think of anything at the time, uh, check out my website, which is laurifastdogtraining.com, and you can find my phone number there, and you can also find my email, and I'll be happy to talk to you off the air, and I often do, and um, I get calls sometimes from people who have heard me say this on the air, and sometimes just People call me from other sources. I'm never really sure where people get my name. I try to ask, but uh, if I am going to help you with your pet and you do want to hire me to actually work with you in person, I always like to have a conversation first to figure out what we're doing and um, you know what the plan's going to be. And sometimes the plan is something I can just tell you on the phone and I don't have to see you, which is great for everybody, I guess. So anyway, I had a call, not on the air, but somebody called me off the air and uh, was talking to me and asked me kind of a weird question. The conversation was around uh, their dog having separation anxiety. And um, we were talking about a lot of other things. And uh, the woman who I was speaking to was not being real crystal clear, kind of jumped from one thing to another thing. And so one of the things she brought up was, did I ever hear of this metal device that goes around a dog's head and is then supposed to help re relieve separation anxiety. So honestly, I mean, I, I was having trouble visualizing this. I said, what do you mean, like a deep sea diving helmet, that metal that goes around the dog's head? I mean, I, I'm not really sure what you're talking about here. Oh, uh, she said, no, it's more like, um, looks more like a halo. 
And I said, well, I'm familiar with a, a product that looks like a halo. I think it's called Muffin's Halo. I think I have a link to it on my website for blind dogs that goes in front of them. And uh, basically, if they run into something, uh, the halo hits it first. And so it's a way for a blind dog to negotiate their world. I've heard of that. Oh, no, no, no. This is for anxiety. And I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Well, I said, well, you know, obviously, if you're trying to tell me all these details about it and I can't figure out what you're talking about, then I guess I can't really answer your question because I really don't have any idea what this is. So, um, of course, she puts this idea in my head. Now it's like, you know, an earworm. What is this thing? I want to know. So I told her, okay, well, when you figure it out, why don't you send me an email? Well, you know, that never happened. So, you know, I now am going to do an internet search to try and figure out what in the heck is she talking about. So I figured out what she was talking about. There is a product that's called Calmer Canine, and they have a website, calmerk9.com. And in this case, canine is the letter K and the letter 9. And um, it's a loop. Uh, and it goes, it's, it's fitted to a vest and it kind of goes up. It does look like a halo. It kind of goes around um, behind the dog's head. And what it's based on is PEMF technology. And PEMF stands for Pulsed Electromagnetic Frequency. Now, I have heard of PEMF as far as um, healing orthopedic injuries, uh, arthritis issues, um, helping with various circulation issues. I've never heard of PEMF used as a behavioral thing, but supposedly this is programmed to activate some part of a dog's brain to um, calm them down. So if you were going to buy one of these things, uh, one of these devices costs anywhere from, uh, I don't know, 229 249 somewhere around in there. Now, they don't have a money-back guarantee. So I have in the past talked about the Thunder shirt, or there's a calm, there's various different compression calming vests, but the Thunder shirt comes with a money-back guarantee. That is probably more like in the $50 range. But, you know, hey, $50 is $50. But if you, you know, if you try something and it's not going to do any harm and it might do good and there's a money-back guarantee, I'll try it. Why not? What the heck? But, you know, this one, if you want to try it, you're going to be out anywhere, you know, like about $250, okay? So I can't say that it would work. I can't say that it isn't going to work. Um, I wonder if it would work for me. Maybe I should try it. Um, but anyway, uh, the point is that is this going to work for your dog or not? Is this a new thing? Is this something that actually calms dogs down? Of course, if you go to the website, um, it's going to have all sorts of testimonials about what great stuff it did for their dog. And it may have. I don't know. Um, in terms of the Thunder shirt, I would say, by and large, when people tell me how they think it worked, it I don't get really good feedback. I, you know, if I was going to give it a percentage, I would say maybe 20% of the time I get a good feedback on the Thunder shirt working. But that means 20% of the time it works. You can get a money-back guarantee. So, you know, that's better than zero. And if it works for your pet, hey, go for it. Uh, it's not going to hurt your pet, so why not do it? This thing, I if I had to guess, I would say that it probably does work for some dogs. 
um, and probably doesn't work for other dogs. Uh, is it worth trying? Well, I, I think I'd have to have more information. I'd have to have somebody say to me, oh, yeah, I tried it, and more than a few people saying that they tried it and it worked. So if there is somebody out there who has used this Calmer Canine, I think it's an CC Loop PMF technology for anxiety, if you've used this and you have something to say about it, I'd love to hear what it is. Um, but uh, I really haven't heard about it until this woman brought it up. And so yeah, it's interesting. I like to new, learn new things, and maybe it is something. I don't know. So just putting it out there. So anyway, we need to go to a break, and we'll be right Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Light up the new day. I'm up and I'm waiting for you. So get out of bed and put on your shoes. We got a lot of doing to do. Now we don't have time for coffee. And to me, your hair looks just fine. So grab that leash and open that door. Cause it's my pee pee time. Pee pee time, pee pee time. Everybody likes a little pee pee time. Hello. Welcome back to Pet Talk on WTIC. Um, Anyway, I guess it's pee-pee time. But um, if you want to call into the show today, this is the Behavior Edition. My name is Lori Fass, and I'm here today to take your calls. I'm a little discombobulated today, as I explained earlier in the show, but I'm not going to go back over that one again. But if you want to call in, all the lines are open. I'm here live. It's 860-522-WTIC. And if you want to contact me off the air, you're very welcome to do that. And in that case, my best advice is check out my website, which is Dog training.com. It has my email address and my phone number. It lists when my next group classes are going to take place. It lists 
um, when I'm going to be on the air next, which will be on the 26th. Dr. Dennis is on next week. So, you know, there's some interesting stuff on my website, links to various different things, some training tips and that sort of thing. So this is kind of random. I'm going to throw this out there. I was in the supermarket the other day and... um, I was buying a couple of magazines. All right, that's pretty weird, right? Well, apparently the checkout young lady who was probably, I'm going to say she was a teenager, um, she was like magazine shaming me. I didn't even know that this could be a thing, but she's looking at my magazine saying, really, really, you're going to buy this? And I was like, "Uh, yeah. (laughs) And then she says, you don't actually read this, do you? And I said, well, yeah, I do read it. I mean, that's why I'm going to buy it. Um, And she looked at me like I had three heads, which I thought was, you know, kind of funny. I didn't take it personally, but I thought it was a little weird. My thought, which I did not say, but what I was thinking was, well, you probably don't read books, do you? (laughs) Because I like to read books as well. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, the magazine I bought was like, oh, $3. That's really going to put a dent in my wallet. But anyway, I do find interesting things sometimes. And it's, you know, it's just basically something easy to read, something that's fun. Sometimes it has some cool stuff. I subscribe to Reader's Digest. I like Reader's Digest. Okay. So I just wanted to share with you in the November edition of Reader's Digest, um, there's a whole uh, article or a series of little mini articles, we'll say, uh, called Hero Pets, which, of course, you know, that's going to grab my attention here. I always like to hear good stories about animals and even people. (laughs) You know, I like to hear about people too, but particularly animals. But the kinds of little stories they have in here are Darby the pit bull fights off a shark to save his owner. Um, There is uh, an article about how uh, uh, somebody was trapped in their house. They were yelling for help and the only well, I'm going to, I wanted to say person, but the only creature that heard this was their pet beagle, Milo, um, a, a story about Charlie the dog who uh, saved a whole lot, I don't know what you call it, a, a flock, a, a group of little baby ducklings that were stuck in a drain pipe, and the dog went in there and uh, took them all out, and uh, one of the funniest ones is Joey, police report pet squirrel goes nuts on burglar. So apparently they had been raising this squirrel. Eventually the squirrel ended up acclimating back into the wild. But I guess at this point the squirrel was getting a little older and wasn't taking a liking to somebody coming in and breaking into the house. And apparently the squirrel chased off the burglar. Well, you know, if you like pets, you like reading stories like this. I'm sorry. I'm easily amused. What can I tell you? I like to read I like to read magazines. So the other magazine that I got, which uh, I thought I could share this with you too, um, was an article about uh, somebody who invented uh, basically a stuffed animal that's supposed to cure anxiety. This is for humans. So if you... You know, if you're a pet lover, you probably find comfort in having your pet sit with you, sit on your lap, sit near you. But a lot of the times uh, your pet may be doing that and then also squiggling around and jumping on and off the bed or maybe just getting sick of being with you. And so, you know, there are occasionally animals that are very reliable about 
giving you comfort in that way and some that are not so much. So this is kind of like, in my view, an alternative to that. So this woman decided that uh, she wanted to kind of tap into the idea of a weighted blanket. And some of you know that there are weighted blankets that provide compression and pressure, sort of like a thunder shirt, I guess, for people. And the people that I know that really like those are also people who tend to be sensitive to cold. If you're not sensitive, if, if you are warm most of the time, you really don't want a weighted blanket, let's face it, okay? So she was looking for something smaller, and she's looking at stuffed animals, and I guess there were already some, but the weighted animals that she was finding had like just a ball of, of weighted material, and it was kind of weird, like maybe sleeping with a bowling ball or something. I don't know. So she spread it out so that it spreads through the little animal, and uh, apparently it worked really well. And uh, these things are called hugamoles. H-U-G-I-M-A-L-S, and um, they are, there's a, an elephant, a sloth, a bear, a dog, um, and I, I thought it was a really cute idea, uh, and if it actually works, it's supposedly, you know, people who have trouble sleeping and are looking for a little bit of something extra to help them be comforted, you can take one of these little stuffed animal that's weighted and uh, put it put it on you and see. And it's around that time that, you know, you could maybe give it as a Christmas present or get one yourself. But that's something I got out of a magazine that if, if I, I probably will get one. And if I get one, I'll, I'll get back to you on whether or not it worked or not. But, uh, you know, I just thought it was really funny that this young girl was, um, you know, giving me side eye for buying a magazine. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's a I've often talked uh, talked on the air about a- uh, animal-related books. Um, and so as long as we're on that subject here, there's an author whose name is Sy, spelled S-Y, Montgomery. And she's written several books about animals. I think one of her first ones was called The Good Pig, which sounds kind of weird, but it, she's a very good writer. It's If you like to read and you like to read about animals, I would really strongly recommend that you Check out one of her books. So there's The Good Pig. Then the next one was The Soul of an Octopus. And uh, for those of you who don't know, as creepy and weird and squishy as octopus look, they're actually very smart. And you wouldn't think that because they kind of look like I don't know what they look like. They they look like some weird space alien, and they do a lot of weird things. They they can squish into little teeny crevices, but they have a very good memory. Um, they have they can form relationships with. I mean, they're just very strange creatures. I think there's a Netflix um, show about um, an octopus, but in any case, so she wrote the Soul of an Octopus, also really good book, and then. Um, I haven't read, but more recently she uh, wrote a book called The Hawk's Way, hawk like the bird flying around. And I guess she went to a school um, that teaches falconry. And so she learned a lot about how hawks think and uh, 
what kind of relationships you might have with a hawk, which, you know, as I said, I have not read that book. But if you do like to read, I'd like to read actual physical books. That's why I like magazines. I'm not going to say that I don't spend a lot of time looking at stuff on the Internet. I do. I look things up. I love the Internet. Oh, what is, you know, what's the answer to this question? Uh, what, what, where is this? Where is that? I, I love it. But it's not the same experience as having something in your hand. And uh, if you do like to read and you do like to read about animals, um, you could pick up the November issue of Reader's Digest and read about hero animals. Or you could pick up a book by Cy Montgomery. So just putting it out there, I know some of you do like to read and some of you probably would look at me side-eye like this young girl at the supermarket. But anyway, just sharing that. So I think we're going to go to a break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to WTIC's Pet Talk. This is the Behavior Edition. I'm here live today until 2 o'clock. If you want to call in, you can. There's still time if you do it right now. And the numbers are 860-522-WTIC. Or you don't want to call in, but you want to talk to me, you want to ask me a question, look at my website, Lori Fast Dog Training. And one of the things that I wanted to discuss, and this could probably be an entire show, and I might go back to this, but uh, since we have, oh, I guess a little more than 10 minutes left, I'm going to touch on some of these things. And and the subject is uh, dogs or pets and children. And if you were to go on my website and look up training tips, one of the training tips or one of the pages on on the uh, website under training tips is safety guidelines for babies and young children. And I kind of highlighted what I thought would be most important, but in different stages. So for instance, um, one of the sections is before your new baby is born and comes home. All right. So if you're planning on having a baby, but your baby's not there yet, there's a lot of things you can do, including recognizing that you're not going to be in a position to attend to every need that your dog has. A lot of people, as soon as their dog comes over, oh, yes, you want a belly rub. Oh, you want me to throw the ball. Oh, you're soliciting attention for this, that, or the other thing. And when you do, I'm just automatically going to give you attention, which is probably not a good thing to do anyway because it creates a lot of other problems. But if you have a baby, you're not going to be able to do that. So why don't you consider the possibility of discontinuing doing that, at least all the time, just really be aware of when you're doing it. So it's not a situation where you bring home a new baby and now all of a sudden you're cutting off all these things. Um, you may just want to introduce these sorts of fun things that you're doing with your pet as something that's a little bit more regimented and limited to when you're going to do them, not just on demand. Uh, one of the commands that I like to teach, which is so handy in so many different ways, 
is the go command, where that basically just means move away. So for instance, for me, just in my day-to-day life, if I'm going down the stairs and my dogs are right there, they're in my way. I don't want you milling around in front of me. It's a tripping hazard. It's annoying. So if I point and say go, then they'll go. They'll go down to the bottom of the stairs. I can do the same thing upstairs, pointing go, and they go upstairs. Uh, If I'm trying to do something and you're in my way, I can say go and move away. If uh, I'm eating and I'm sick of you looking at me, go. Or if a dog is hovering around a baby, go is going to come handy, come in very handy. And then, you know, the next section there is when you bring your baby home, uh, what you might want to do, then issues with toddlers, which is different than um, as your child gets a little bit more consciousness maybe. So so the segments on my safety guidelines for babies and young children on my website is um, there's before you bring the baby home, there's when you bring your baby home, there's toddlers and there's also young children. So I'm not going to go through everything that I wrote because you can go to my website and you can read it for yourself. So I tried to give some thought to what the highlights of those things are so it would be useful because that's something that comes up frequently um, is, you know, what do I do acclimating my dog to a baby or a young child or whatever the case may be. Um, So many years ago, I got a call from the Hartford Current, and they asked me the question, what pet do you think is best for a child? And I said, none. And they said, well, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, it's kind of like, okay, what cookie is the best kind for your child to make? And, you know, it's like, well, they're not going to make it themselves. You're going to the store. You're buying the ingredients. You're probably going to be in charge of helping them set up the tools that they're going to need. You're going to be in charge of, you know, setting the temperature of the oven and making sure that they come out at the right time. You're going to be in charge of the cleanup, whatever that might be. Now, that doesn't mean that they can't help you or participate, but it's not like, you know, you're going to pick a type of a pet or a type of a cookie, and now your child is going to take complete control of it. That just does not happen. And the reason I said that is because through the years, I can't tell you how many times people have complained to me that their child is not doing what they claimed they were going to do. But how can they? How can a child commit to doing something that they don't even really know what they're committing to? You know, a little kid or, you know, children up to years beyond what you would think. If you haven't done something and you don't know what it is that you're committing to, you're just focusing on the part that's fun. And so, of course, a little kid is, or a child or a teenager or maybe even older is going to say, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to do all of that. But how, how do they even know? And what's interesting is that I hear people complain about this with kids that are pretty much adults still living at home that it's really as much their responsibility as it is their child's. Now, that doesn't mean that's always the case. Not not always. I mean, there are certainly times where uh, kids really do rise to the occasion. But even when they do, you know, the fact of the matter is you're paying the vet bills, you're buying the food most of the time. I mean, there are some kids that have jobs and do things and contribute to the care financially of their pets. But for the most part, they don't. Um, I remember... 
I had a family come to one of my group classes, and they had a, a child who's probably about six, and uh, they told me that they were that the dog was their child's pet. And I said, well, you know, I kind of tried to explain what I just explained. And they said, oh, no, she'll pay for all the dog's expenses with her allowance. And I said, well, she must get a heck of a good allowance <laughs> to be able to do that. And, you know, they, they really – they were well-meaning people, but they had no idea about anything. And um, so – you know, I'm not saying that everybody is is that misled, but you can't – you pretty much have to assume <clears throat> that if you get a pet for your child, whatever it is, if it's a hamster, it's a goldfish, if it's a cat, if it's a dog, that it's as much your pet as it is their pet. And if you think it's not, you're probably going to be disappointed. So, you know, I just want to put that out there because for the most part, that is what I hear you know, over and over and over again. And, you know, if you think about it realistically, um, you know, it, it kind of makes sense that it's it's really you're the one who's doing it. You, you know, your child isn't going to get in the car and drive off and pick out a pet and pay for it and bring it home. So you're doing that. You're the one who's bringing it home. So you're the one who's really bringing this situation into your house. And so you're the one who needs to take responsibility for it. So, um that brings me to an article I read, which I thought was – I don't even know what to think about this. I guess this was uh, – took place um, in Willamette, Illinois. Uh, there was an eight-year-old girl and she was walking her dog and she was walking her little dog. She had a good hold of it. It was too small to overpower her. So clearly, you know, she had the ability to hang on to the leash without danger because I've seen – Kids walking dogs that the dog, if anything came up, the, the kids toast. They can't hold on to the dog. Bad, bad idea. So um, anyway, what happened was uh, somebody reported this girl walking her dog. And they reported her to uh, Child and Family Services. And Child and Family Services investigated this family because they let their 8-year-old walk their dog. I mean, that's kind of like the far end. I'm saying, you know, if your kid is taking responsibility for the dog and doing this, this is like, hey, they get a gold star. This is great. Not something you report to child and family services. And um, I guess they did an investigation and uh, they found that there was nothing wrong in which as well they should. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. It was, uh, wow, that's taking it to the next level. And what's especially weird with that with me is that uh, many times I see pets that are in very, I'm going to call them dangerous situations, and nobody does anything about it. So here's a little girl taking her dog for a walk, and we're going to call the police. So good move, people. So anyway, um, just throwing it out there. Uh, so, you know, I mean, there are kids that will absolutely – participate and there are kids that will not and I just want people to know that uh, animals are a big responsibility and the type of responsibility that a child can't commit to they just can't they're kids that's just the way it is okay that's why you're not legally an adult till you're 18 and then even then I kind of wonder about that but anyway uh, so if you want to get a pet for your child 
okay, as long as you understand it's really your pet, then 100% do it. If you're going to get a pet and think that it's now your child's responsibility and get mad every time they don't do what they said they were going to do, well, I'm telling you right now, that's your fault. You shouldn't have done that. And that's why, you know, I'm kind of being a little adamant about this uh, because a lot of people think that it's going to turn out differently than that. And it usually doesn't. So I think that's about going to be my wrap up for today's rant. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's gonna go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.